Ukraine says at least seven people have been killed and nearly 100 injured in a Russian missile attack on the city of Cheniv. Officials said a theatre on the main square was targeted. Video from the scene shows glass and debris blown across nearby streets, as well as a number of bodies. President Zelensky posted online urging the world to stand up to what he called Russian terror. Cheniv is close to the border with Belarus. Well, in the past hour, President Zelensky has been meeting with the Swedish Prime Minister of Christensen in Sweden. He gave an update on the situation in Cheniv. Our bright city of Chernihiv. This morning, Russia launched missiles on the city, at the very centre of it, where the National Drama Theatre is located, as well as many residential homes. There were many people in the theatre at the time. There were many people at home too. More than 90 people were injured, 12 children among them. They were just taking a walk on the central square with their parents. Among the dead, a six-year-old child, whose mother is seriously injured and is in intensive care. My condolences to those who lost their loved ones in this Russian, obviously, terrorist attack. Well, let's cross live to the BBC Newsroom and the BBC's Europe regional editor, Paul Moss, who is monitoring the developments coming out of Ukraine. Paul, what more do we know about what happened? Well, we know that the missile landed at about 11.30 local time, hitting, yes, the central square in Chernihiv, where there is a theatre, which it seems was very badly damaged. There's also a university building. It seems, hopefully, that building was not occupied because it was a Saturday morning. And there were also reports that people were queuing for church and that many of those were among those who were the casualties of this attack. I have to say that the number of injuries is going up all the time. The latest we've heard now from the interior minister in Ukraine is that it's 110 people injured, with some of them very seriously injured. We heard about a 12-year-old girl who was so badly injured they couldn't treat her in Chernihiv, and she's been racing in an ambulance towards Kiev. There was also, as you mentioned, a six-year-old child amongst those who were killed, descriptions of bodies lying around. And we do think it was a ballistic missile that caused this attack. That's what we've heard from the, the regional governor. In other words, not shelling and not a drone attack. Is there any indication, Paul, as to why the city was targeted? Well, we do have some idea, but I want to stress this is very much speculation. A BBC reporter who's arrived on the scene has been told that there was an exhibition going on of drones and that senior military figures, senior Ukrainian military figures, were among the guests. Now, I want to stress we're not sure of that, and we don't know if that's why Russia chose to target Chernihiv at this time. Russia, of course, likes to claim that it only targets military people. It says it never deliberately targets civilians, despite the huge number of civilians who've been killed since Russia attacked Ukraine. Paul Moss, for the moment, thank you so much. Well, the Russian President Putin has paid a visit to Rostov-on-Don, the city which has become the headquarters for its military offensive in Ukraine. Video footage showed him arriving at night and being greeted by the country's military chief. It's the first time Mr Putin's been to Rostov since it was briefly the site of that mutiny by the mercenaries from the Wagner Group. A statement from the Kremlin said only that he'd heard reports from Mr Grasimov of the progress on what it refers to as the special operation in Ukraine.
Well, let's stay with Ukraine now because Kyiv has welcomed the White House's decision to allow both Denmark and the Netherlands to send American-built fighter jets to Ukraine. They'll be delivered once Ukrainian pilots have finished their training to fly them. The US and its allies had previously ruled out providing F-16s to Ukraine, fearing it would lead to further escalation with a nuclear-armed Russia. Ukraine is believed to have dozens of combat aircraft, but mostly MiGs, all dating from the Soviet era. And the country is currently badly outgunned by Russia in the air. Well, let's cross now to Kharkiv and Dan Sabah, the Guardian Newspaper's defence editor there. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Ukraine has been pushing for these F-16s for a long time. America's finally given the green light. This feels like a significant moment. Well, it's a significant moment. It's also been a very long time coming. Uh, I think Ukraine's wanted sort of, frankly, to be able to ma match Russia's dominance in the air from all, from the beginning of the war. You know, Russia's got a far larger and a far more capable air force. It hasn't actually used it very much, uh, despite, uh, you know, endless bombing of Ukrainian cities. It's generally done so from a from a distance but ukraine needs uh, uh fighter jets in order to really ma match that and when the west when the west seeks to go to war what the west wants is would, would would expect to have air power to be able to bomb enemy positions and be able to make it much safer for ground troops to operate ukraine's not had that and that's made it very difficult you know ukraine's now had a lot of western weapons of other kinds artillery tanks and so forth but one of the reasons you see this world war one style sort of near World War One-style stalemate on the ground, if you like, or near stalemate on the ground, and Ukraine's struggling to make progress in the counteroffensive, is a lack of air power. So, yes, it wants the jets, but the question is, when will they come? And it could be a long time yet, because pilots need to be trained, and there seems to be an emphasis on pilots learning English before they're trained, even though some of these pilots know English. It's the ground crews they want to learn English as well. So we might not be talking about F-16s coming to Ukraine until possibly next summer, although everyone will want to make it quicker than that. You mentioned there, Dan, about the, the near stalemate on the ground with these offences and counter-offensives. To what degree do you think once they finally arrive, like you say, these F-16s could alter the balance of power and the situation on the ground? Yes, and that's right. That, 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 that's absolutely the hope. Uh, uh, I mean, at the moment, there, Ukraine has a sort of tiny air force i think you said that in your in, in your introduction they run a few combat missions a day the pilots have to sort of hug the ground pilot flying under a few meters of the ground to avoid enemy radar to to to, to, to sort of carry out those tasks but they're up against uh, russian jets uh, which have had traditionally had weapons with longer ranges longer missile ranges it's very dangerous for them right now um uh, if they had the F-16s, they could, and, and in enough quantity, you, you know, half a dozen F-16s won't make the difference. You'll need a few, frankly, a few dozen, a couple of dozen really would make it, really good, would start making a potential difference. They could use it in a very targeted way against the Russians and potentially shorten the war. And, and what Ukraine badly needs now is to show momentum on the battlefield, and that's what these jets can potentially do. Dan Saber from The Guardian newspaper, the defence editor there. Thank you so much. Thank you.